welcome to the podcast of tomorrow, a Futurama podcast, where today we are talking about season three, episode two, War is the H-Word. I'm Lindsay Wilson, and I am joined by my Tetris-loving co-host, Alex Kuntz. Alex, how's it going? Hello, I'm good. We were, you missed the, quite the pre-show. We had a lot of good topics. Yes. We talked talked about being laid off, which has not mm-hmm. happened to either of us, but it's still a- <laughs> Always a possibility. <laughs> yes. We talked about how I listened to many hours of lost podcasting while obsessively increasing my Tetris score. And then that led to the Tetris movie, which is a movie not about giant falling blocks in the style of like a <laughs> battleship movie. Yes, exactly. Exactly. It was a, a rich text to the pre-show. <laughs> yes. Yes. We're recording on a weekend, so perhaps we we are bringing weekend energy. I do think there's rather... something to that. I feel like I am often recording just after work or just after therapy. It's a different vibe. <laughs> yeah, right out recording right after talking for like three hours is definitely mm-hmm. struggling sometimes. Yes, agreed for sure. Yeah, I feel like you're often coming off of like a late meeting. I'm gonna have to hop on here. <laughs> yeah. Uh... Yeah, occasionally I, I am. And so and it's also just later over on the on the East Coast than, mm-hmm. than you are. So yes, indeed, indeed. But here we are. How was your week? <laughs> My week was good. Oh, we think we I don't think either of these people listen to this podcast. I, I certainly hope they don't. We think we might have set up two friends or at least so we went to Ooh. a board game event last night. And we have a a relatively like new friend that we haven't hung out with a ton of times, but we know that she's single and like on the dating apps and miserable. And then we also have a another friend who we've been friends with for a while. And we re- don't really know if what his dating situation is. He like never talks about it. But so we like orchestrated everything to like sit them next to each other and then all that kind of stuff. And then at the end of the night, she texted and was like, oh, he's cute. He's tall. Hello. Uh, he's good at explaining <laughs> board games. So um... good at explaining board games. That is actually quite a skill. <laughs> yeah. And, and it's very true. I, I have I've learned how to explain board games better from this person where he always starts with the goal of the game is this. And then okay. goes from there. Wow. Incredible. <laughs> I remember one time, I don't know if you're at all familiar with the card game Euchre. I have heard of it and maybe I've played it once, but not not supremely informed about it. Okay, very popular in Ontario. And mm-hmm. I, Cam's mom one time <laughs> sent, sent us a clip from Family Guy, of all things, where oh. they're just reading the like, you know how in a back of a pack of cards, there's like sometimes rules for games or whatever. Okay. It's always in the most boring language. Of, like, <laughs> the goal is this. Anyway, it was literally just Lois reading like those super boring instructions and everyone looking horrified. And I was like, this is maybe the most accurate thing I've ever seen on the show. <laughs> yeah, I I find that uh, I get frustrated when I'm reading board game rules because nobody pays attention. I'm yes. like, you know, I, I appreciate table talk. I appreciate like, hey, this is not we don't have to be like super strategic we're here to have fun but it's like we gotta like get through these rules and you need to listen in order for the next 45 (laughs) minutes to be anything otherwise we're just just wasting time yeah (laughs) i learned the game unstable unicorns recently okay i have not played that one so this is also one of these like deck building games mm-hmm. or whatever. And when I was watching people play it, I was like, this looks so stupid. And everything <laughs> you're saying sounds like utter nonsense. It's like, I play my large unicorn and use it to yeah. do it. And I was like, this sounds so stupid. But then yeah. I played it and it was actually very easy to learn and actually pretty fun. <laughs> yeah, I do love an en- engine building game where you can like play a million mm-hmm. things on top of everything else and your turn takes five minutes and everyone else is like very <laughs> frustrated at you. Yeah. So um, the other thing about the game was that it felt like it was it was reasonably quick. Each game was probably only like 15 minutes or something. And 
it got so that it was like, this is basically just down to chance, where it's like, there's a little yeah. bit of strategy involved, and everyone is trying to screw like one person who looks like they're about to win. So I think it ended sure. up being like in five games, everyone had won at least once. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Solid. So. Mm-hmm. Lindsay, how was your week? What, what were you up to? My week was fine. I am dying a slow death of school mm-hmm. and work and podcasting and other work and other school. So yeah. <laughs> like, there's just a billion things. And I was like looking at what is coming up in the next few weeks. I had a presentation suddenly sprung on me for oh. school. So like this week is just going to be... Presentation or solo presentation? I mean, it's like with one other person and it's not yeah. graded or anything. It's for our study group that we have on Fridays. Yeah. And I, I realized see. that myself and one other person had agreed to take on February 24th. And I looked at the calendar. I was like, oh my God, that's next week. <laughs> I had yeah. no idea. So yeah, so things are really are they- piling up. Are they a trusted uh, collaborator or are you going to do all the yeah. work? I think it'll be fine. I think they'll, they'll do okay. a good job. They texted me and were yeah. like, should we just hang out and like drink wine and do these slides? And okay. I was like, That's okay, fun. yes. That wow. Fine. What a study group. My, my master's program is not anything like that. Yeah, this group is pretty intense. We have the comprehensive exam coming up and it's like, it feels mm-hmm. very high stakes. So I think everyone is like, we are determined to do a good job. We should podcast directly after that and see how you're feeling. <laughs> yeah, I mean, setting everyone up now, I will definitely be taking a couple weeks off from this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to study for my future. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So anyway, yeah, so that's what's going on with me. <laughs> nice. Yeah. So yeah, this episode, War is the H Word. What did we think? I uh, liked it a lot, I thought. I appreciate that there was no bike race. It was like very focused. It's like we're getting right into the meat of the plot. Like it's an entire episode about going to war. I liked all the MASH stuff. I thought that was fun. Yeah, I don't know. I, I liked how like big it felt. I don't know. Some of these episodes mm-hmm. just like feel so like maybe maybe that's like similar to the bike race stuff of like some of these episodes feel like rambling and unfocused and like not big in scale. And this episode didn't feel that way at all. And I think that's because it's like so focused on there's one plot going on. But, you know, it felt like we got a beginning, middle and end of the story. And that's that's good. Yes, I agree. You were right in your guess of what this episode was going to be about. Yes. <laughs> I mean, it's a game war. But yeah, I yeah. agree with you. I think there's something to be said for there's an A plot. And that's kind of it. Like once they're in the war, there's a little bit between the Bender side and the Fry and Leela side kind of. But it's like it's all yeah. part of this one larger narrative where I don't think we can always say that. <laughs> I guess last week yes. was quite focused as well on the wear car. That is true. But like... Maybe it's even like location based because it's like there's mm-hmm. so many times in, in the wear car episode, they're like, oh, we're back at the like at the office, like hanging mm-hmm. out. And then we're yes. like in the car car lot doing stuff. Yes. And I don't know, maybe it's like location based. It was all in either new locations or like on the new planet. And it didn't feel like, you know, oh, we're back home. And it's like kind of a reset of what's happening in the episode. Mm-hmm. It's a good point, though. It's you don't really see the professor amy or hermes or anybody really in this entire episode until the very end yeah. so yeah i think there's something to that of it it just feels very self-contained but also the stakes feel high so yeah yeah I, I guess it's also very funny yeah it's also it's also very funny again I, i'm interested to hear your mash history but i, I was really <laughs> loving i hawk yes <laughs> yeah me too I was going to say, and maybe this goes against it being like high stakes, but I think I get a little bit, or I felt a little bit tired of like, there's a lot of episodes where somebody is going to die, some like 
cataclysmic event is going to happen and then like somebody else is like rushing to save the day like i'm thinking of mm-hmm. the it was a very early episode the like water people will wear like frigates right. or somebody drinks the water and becomes the emperor and then right. like that has the same tone of as this episode with the bender stuff at the end of like mm-hmm. oh something's going down we have to like rush to save him or rush to like yeah. stop something from happening and that's i feel like that's happened a couple of times I feel like that's a lot of episodes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Who remembers, though? I don't even remember what we've covered. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I guess, like, Slurm Factory, maybe, you could say. Like, there's a lot of, like, rushing at the end. To well, yeah. Or... I'm thinking of, like, all the, like, Planet of the Week stuff. Like, there's... Yeah. What's the one where there's, like, a they, the aliens form, like, a big tower at the end? Do you remember this one at all? They're all, like, climbing the, on top of each other. Yeah, the robot planet where they're, like, precious lug nuts, and then all the lug nuts yes. are raining down. Yes, that one. I was thinking also the Zoidberg episode where he has to fight that guy. Yeah. I guess he's fighting Fry for Edna. <laughs> right. Yeah, that feels that feels a little bit similar as well. Yeah. So, yeah, I get, yeah, I see what you mean, though, of, like, rushing in to save the day. But, yeah. And then everything's just fine. But <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. All right. So the opening caption, touch eyeballs to screen for cheap laser surgery. We both famously wear glasses. I was going to say we are two Invisalign users. Have you ever considered (laughs) LASIK? I have considered it. It freaks me out. I know it shouldn't. It is famously safe and effective and it freaks me out. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I was I was thinking back to the days of Simpsons then and now where I famously have male pattern baldness going on. You have a tiny, (laughs) tiny BDI behind your glasses. glasses. And then I can't remember Jeremy's fault. I think Jeremy like literally had no fault. It was just like a golden god in the. uh... Well, he he was also trying to be like, I am losing my hair. And then you were like, yes, let's compare. And then. Yeah, it's devastating. So is is that a thing, too, of your your beady glasses eyes being issue yes i think so i think that's part of it where i'm just like oh my god i'd have to like pry them open clockwork orange style (laughs) yeah yeah so that freaks me out i feel like eye stuff generally kind of freaks me out yeah i mean you still have to wear reading glasses later in life because you've changed the shape of your eyes yeah yeah but it's apparently very effective everyone i've talked to who has done it it's like no regrets it's incredible it isn't after doing invisalign where it's like oh and maybe again, this is coming from like me fucking up my braces when I was a child, but like I, I did not have a ton of faith in like medical procedures like mm-hmm. working or like I guess uh, cosmetic procedures working, but like the Invisalign just like totally works. I'm not a stupid child anymore. And so <laughs> now I'm like, oh, I could just get LASIK. That, I, mm-hmm. That's just something I could do as an adult. It doesn't have to be like this big thing that doesn't end up working. Uh, yeah. And you would probably like be diligent about putting the drops in your eyes and yeah. stuff. <laughs> like, yeah. 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 No, for sure. Have you actively considered it? I have not, but yeah, maybe the 100th review, maybe I'll go get a LASIK <laughs> eye surgery. <laughs> Yes, I, don't think that's I know. An actual incentive to listeners. To, I don't think so. <laughs> I know Josh Wiggler of Post Show Recaps recently mm-hmm. had it done. Very much yeah. enjoys it. So, and he had major eye phobia, so maybe that will be your way of getting over it. Yeah, maybe. True. That's a good point. How is the Invisalign going? Not to spend too much time on this, but uh, it is. Good. My teeth are much straighter, but I drink. So I drink no coffee. I drink no tea. I very rarely drink soda, and I think my mouth or teeth is just very like highly prone to like yellowing and discoloration and like all that kind of stuff so all of that is is worse presumably because of the Invisalign you know like being on my teeth for 18 hours a day and I'm still very (laughs) diligent about like brushing stuff but it is a bit frustrating where it's like you know I have good dental hygiene and yet 
there are still all of these all of these issues. So I'm looking forward to it being done. Yes. Yeah. How much longer do you have? I think a while still. I'm on 18 of 38, so I'm almost halfway there. Yeah, I think I had like 32 and 26 or something like that. Yeah, yeah. 32 and 26, uh, like top top and bottom were different. Yeah, I had fewer on the top because yeah. they were already straighter. No, I think I was real, a real disaster because I even have like rubber band hooks to do and I'm rubber banding at night and all that True. stuff. True, I remember you talking about the rubber bands, not something I had to do. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> anyway, good times. Boop corner. What you get? This is our, our favorite cat. He is underwater and there's like a big fish eating another fish. Yes, yeah, so this is Felix the cat. And I just wrote Felix in a fish tank. And mm-hmm. Alex, I'd like you to do a dramatic reading for me. I am going <laughs> to send you this is called Neptune Nonsense. Okay. And I would like you to just please read. I'm sending you in the chat mm-hmm. the Felix the cat wiki description of this episode. Neptune Nonsense is a 1936 Rainbow Parade cartoon featuring Felix the Cat. This is the second Felix cartoon in color. It was produced by whatever. All right. Uh, The the plot. plot. (laughs) Okay. The plot. (laughs) The morning is sun. Felix is whistling and those birds. (laughs) (laughs) That is that is great stuff. (laughs) And those birds killed me. And those birds. (laughs) Damn um, all right well if any listener wants to like become the lead moderator of felix the it seems <laughs> like there is an open position for like moderation and fixing up some of these these wiki pages uh-huh. yeah that killed me <laughs> <laughs> that is very good uh-huh. and, those um, <laughs> and those birds let me see or i'm, I'm looking through the previous history mm-hmm. nope Nope, it's always just been the morning sun, Felix is whistling, and those birds. Sorry, the morning <laughs> the morning is sun. Yes, the morning is sun, and those birds. <laughs> Here, hold We're on, let that. me, uh, chat GPT. <laughs> Please write a summary of the episode. Neptune Nonsense. Neptune Nonsense from Felix the Cat. All right, Neptune Nonsense is an animated television series, uh, is an episode of the animated television series Felix the Cat, which first aired in 1959. The episode vlogs follows Felix the cat, mischievous and clever feline, as he is transported to the undersea kingdom of Neptune by a gross of mischievous fish. Lots of mischievous animals here. Once in Neptune's <laughs> domain, Felix discovers that the sea king is desperate, is in desperate need of help. The evil sea witch has stolen Neptune's magic scepter, which is essential for maintaining the kingdom's safety and balance. Without the scepter, Neptune is powerless to stop the sea witch's destructive plans. And there are three more paragraphs. Felix Good agrees God. to retrieve, <laughs> retrieve the scepter from the sea witch, and sets off on a series of adventures with his new underwater friends, including a friendly octopus named Octi. Can you look up if Octi is actually from Felix the Cat? New character alert. How do I spell it? And a bumbling seahorse named Snorky. Along the way, they encounter various challenges and obstacles, including a dangerous sea serpent and the sea witch's minions. Despite these challenges, Felix and his friends manage to recover a magic scepter and return it to Neptune. As a reward for his bravery and cleverness, Neptune grants Felix the power to swim and breathe underwater like a fish. I don't know how Felix was doing all of this if he didn't have the powers <laughs> to begin with. But the episode ends with Felix bidding farewell to his underwater friends and returning to the surface where he celebrates victory with a dance and song. Wow, that was a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Much more informative than and those birds. Yeah. The morning is sun. Morning is sun. Oh my god. All right. Well, incredible. Wow. <laughs> what a journey. <laughs> There's a right. corner for you. 
Poop Corner indeed. So the episode opens. Fry and Bender are at the 7 to the 11, I guess. <laughs> Very and, high, yes. <laughs> yes. They're trying to buy gum and Fry wants to buy this like big pink ham flavored chewing gum. Yeah, it's uh, it's like made out of pig, I guess. And mm-hmm. it, it promises to pinken your teeth, which sounds horrifying. <laughs> Maybe I need that with my, uh, my teeth discoloration. <laughs> Has the breath freshening power of ham. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And so they see the customer ahead of them gets a 5% military discount. And then they're both super outraged when they don't get a 5% military discount. Like, watch, this is unacceptable. (laughs) So they decide that they are going to join the military. I do want to flag that the cashier here is wearing like, remember Milhouse's mom in that jacuzzi suit? Oh, of course. That's a good call. Yeah, it kind of reminds me of that. (laughs) It's like a what is the name of the protection screens that like people at banks will be behind or like the box office? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> it's, it, well, it's just a suit made entirely out of that. So he just like, you know, his arms are in a, in like a little cube of whatever that material is. Yes, yes. It reminded me of the jacuzzi suit and it's yeah. like a weird robot look, but it's just a guy. <laughs> yeah. The the guy buying pixie sticks and porno mags re- reminded me of Homer on the 4th of July <laughs> trying to buy illegal, illegal fireworks. And some illegal fireworks. Yeah. Yes, exactly. And so they decide they're going to enlist in the military. And they're like, just to be clear, if we get these military discount cards, we can just quit the military (laughs) immediately and treat you like a bunch of suckers. And he's like, correct. There's no obligation. And then so they sign their forms and the guy goes, unless, of course, war were declared. And then (laughs) an alarm immediately goes off and he says, war were declared. (laughs) Yeah, I feel like I could just like seeing this army recruiter guy before he he spoke, I could immediately like predict what his voice was going to sound like where, you know, it's a uh, LT surge like. Uh, yes, LT smash. <laughs> LT smash. I'm sorry. LT surge is the, the third gym leader from, from Pokemon. Pokemon Blue, I think. Yeah. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So he specializes um, in electric type Pokemon. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Super liminal messaging. Uh-huh. Uh, I appreciate that they, they like just immediately get into the episode and it's like kind of almost a joke of like, Bender and Fry just want a discount and they like immediately jump to, well, well, let's join the army for this stupid discount. Like it's so trivial, the reason for joining the army, but we like immediately land there that one, it's funny that they jump immediately to that. And two, it helps the episode just like immediately get off to a fast start. Yes. Yes. And when they tell everyone that they've been enlisted, I was gonna say drafted, but like they're in the army. So I don't know if it counts as being drafted. But yes, they're being shipped out or whatever. And so the professor fires them immediately so that they don't have to worry about their jobs (laughs) and recommends that if they have to kill anyone, they should eat their heart to gain (laughs) their courage. Yeah, he says, yeah, to gain their rich, tasty courage. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> Professor is big into eating parts of people. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that is a running theme. Uh-huh. Yeah. Maybe we should add that to the future the future on the wiki of along True. with like every detail about Fry and Leela imaginable. We can talk about what, yes, and what body parts the professor wants to eat. Yes, along with the mutilations and maimings or whatever. <laughs> yes. Um, this was a joke I didn't understand because I don't know how the stock market works, but there's a big <laughs> banner that says buy bonds, sell stocks. And I don't understand wh- why that's a joke or if that's a joke. Yeah, I don't know. Like, buy low, sell high. Is that it? I don't, I don't know. know. I don't know. Write it. Okay. This is like an actual request for somebody to write in. <laughs> if you watch this episode as they're like boarding the, the USS Enterprise or whatever Zap ship is. There's a big sign that says buy bonds, sell stocks at at wartime. Do you, I don't know what a Uh bond is. I I don't know. 
War bonds, is that a thing? I bonds, sell stocks. Oh my god, it says Futurama and the autocomplete. <laughs> Trivia. All right. Wait. Trying to understand why to, quote, buy stocks and sell bonds during a recession. Hmm. Yeah, this is so boring. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, someone someone write in and, and let us know. I feel like Tim. I think, well, hopefully Tim is still listening. Tim, our yeah. beloved first Simpsons listener. Probably Simpsons yeah. writer. I feel like Tim has has a sense of what's going on with bonds and stocks. So let's hope so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, and this time Leela's like, well, my friends have a tendency to get killed when I'm not around, so I will also enlist. And then Zap is like, absolutely not. We have a men only policy because women are not fit for service when I'm in charge. Yeah, he says that there were accidents after a lot of harmless pinching, which is the kind of behavior that Zap is doing. Yeah. Yes, distracting low cut fatigues. Yeah. yeah. And uh, uh, we also we learned that Zap suffers from a very sexy learning disability. <laughs> what do I call it, Kiff? <laughs> I, I, I didn't write it down, so you're gonna have to finish the line. Sexlexia. <laughs> yeah, sexlexia. <laughs> yeah, I didn't write it down because I found that to not be funny, but I I found a very sexy learning disability to be the, fun, <laughs> the funnier of the lines. Uh-huh. Sexlexia, pretty funny. But yeah. I also really enjoyed when Zap's trying to give an inspiring talk to the troops. He's like, you'll all be fighting for your planet. Many will be dying for your planet. And a few will be forced through a fine mesh screen for your planet. They will be the luckiest of all. <laughs> Truly horrible sci-fi forms of torture of being forced through a fine mesh screen. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So Richard Nixon is also there as the president. Mm-hmm. And he's Haven't like, seen right. him in a while. No, true. I was trying to think when the last time was. And I feel like... Maybe it's just when he became president. I yeah, know. I think so. Mm-hmm. And so he shows them Spheron 1, which is the enemy planet. And they're like, it's a desolate planet with no resources or strategic value. <laughs> and they're like, wait, but what, like, why is it worth dying for? He's like, you tell me. You're the one who's going to be dying. <laughs> yeah. I like that Nixon is introduced as the original Gerber baby. <laughs> that is good. I didn't have that written down. That's a good line. Yeah. Yeah. So many good lines in this episode. I basically was just transcribing it. They also say they don't know anything about their history, their culture, or what they look like. But we do know that they stand for every stand against everything we hold sacred. And also, they told me that you guys look like dorks and vendors. Like, yeah. They look like dorks. <laughs> yeah, this was, I think in my prediction, I predicted like more, more World War One vibes with mm. War is the H word being the title. But this is definitely... I don't know, more akin to what, like Vietnam or the Gulf War or something like. <laughs> yeah, I think there is something in the trivia about this that it was like an, a Vietnam style thing where it was like being completely like outmanned in your fight or whatever. Yeah, and I guess the MASH parodies, I think MASH was Korean War. So yeah, it's all, all of that, not so much World War One. Yeah, Zap makes a joke at one point. He's like, send that into humor in uniform, which is a <laughs> very specific joke from the year 2001 or whatever. Did you read Reader's Digest? No, I didn't. But yeah, I, I was thinking how that joke doesn't make any sense anymore because nobody is like sending <laughs> sending anything into anywhere. Other yeah, than like podcasts, he- I guess. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think humor in uniform even... Like, I'm pretty sure Reader's Digest exists. I don't think humor in uniform exists anymore. <laughs> yeah. Uh, 2001, very probably lots of stuff being sent in. Yeah. Yeah. So Leela, we discover at this time she has made her way into training. She's disguised as a guy with a purple goatee, I guess. Yes, right? this is uh, what is her what is her name? Lee Lemon. Lee Lemon, yes, because she's like yes. Lee Lemon. Yeah. Lemon. <laughs> <laughs> Good line from Fry where he's 
he sees Leela sprinting around. It's like, wow, that guy's amazing. He makes Speedy Gonzalez look like regular Gonzalez. <laughs> what is Speedy Gonzalez from? Is that an actual so, person? Or is that just like a myth? No, he's from Looney Tunes and is uh, sort of canceled at this point for being I a can imagine. caricature. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yes. Pretty funny line nonetheless. <laughs> Yeah, I like the like montage of the boot camp of them like yes. doing the like tires and stuff. And then at one point they're jumping through a, a fire ring held by like yes. a circus circus performer. Yes, they're doing lightsaber training at one point. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so yes, right. Zap at one point goes up to Leela after she has introduced herself as Lee Lemon. And <laughs> she accidentally just instinctively slaps him when he touches her butt. And then there's this lengthy conversation about what moisturizer she uses. <laughs> And as a young person, I thought it was extremely funny that Zach is like, okay, get me some pert and popular. And Kip says, what shall I do with your jurgen, sir? And he says, squirt it on some homeless fellow with dry elbows. Yes, for sure. I, I like that. Well, so... They they hit this a little bit too hard and definitely it got to a point of just like Zap being too homophobic, but mm-hmm. Zap being confused about his feelings for Lee Lemon of this, this first line or the first time it comes up is that young man fills me with hope and some other emotions that are weird, deeply confusing. Yes, so. yes, I agree. It gets progressively worse over the course of the episode, but kind of funny to watch him wrestle with this. Also, this... <laughs> was totally a throwaway line with Nixon. I think they just like doing the Nixon voice, but they have him talking to Zap at one point. He's like talking about having a panda shipped over from China. And he's like, so we open the crate and the damn thing's dead. Up chucked its bamboo. I laughed so hard. I don't know why I had never noticed that really before. Up chucked its bamboo. Yeah, yeah, I totally missed that line. And I think it was just because it's like so bizarre and meaningless (laughs) to the rest of the plot. But I think you're totally right. They just like doing the Nixon voice mm-hmm, definitely yeah and, and i mean zap's response is just like yep that's whatever you were talking about for you like it's intended to be completely a throwaway but, yeah uh, in the meantime they're all bonding the troops and fry's like oh yeah like i have a crush on this girl i work with she's a cyclops and leela's like really and like seems yeah. very flattered and thinks it's very cute Kind of a boring scene just exists for the like Fry Leela Simpson uh, Futurama yes. wiki to like write their three paragraphs about the scene. They hardly um, wrote anything about this, honestly. I looked at it because <laughs> I assumed that they were going to read way too much into this when they were like reading so much into last week of her being like, I'm lonely. And they're like, I assume that's because she yeah. wants Fry to make out with her. Yeah. <laughs> like, probably. I, I, I guess I appreciate that it's like actually a scene developing they're or like stating their real feelings for each other yes. or they're developing feelings for each other and then being like interested in each other compared to like the nonsense like yes. very loose threads that people were pulling out in previous episodes so i glad i'm glad that they are weaving that into more episodes because eventually i know that that does become like you know an actual plot point that yeah. goes through you know many episodes and seasons yes and so they so they're about to go meet the enemy, and Zap is like, oh, the key to victory is the element of surprise. Surprise! <laughs> and then he drops them out of a trap drops door. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, so then they see the enemies coming in, and it turns out they're just like a big bunch of bouncy balls. <laughs> kind of a weird choice. Like, I don't know what I expected, I guess, but, you know, this is a completely replaceable and alien race with any other bizarre alien race. Like, the the fact that they're big bouncy balls has nothing to do with, or like, does not connect to any of the, like, war references that yeah. is going on throughout the rest of the episode yeah and they have these little like 
ray gun things that they have to wind yeah. up and it's like pop goes the weasel as they're winding yeah, up. Yeah, I did like those. Yeah, and Fry accidentally shoots off randomly and Zap's like, careful, Fry, that you've spooked Felicity, which is his white <laughs> horse that he's riding around on. On like a, yeah, it's on like a hover platform just standing yes. on the big white horse. Yes, exactly. And everyone is kind of being overwhelmed by these balls, which appear to have superior power. And Fry's the only one whose gun is wound up, but he panics <laughs> and shoots a hole for himself and jumps inside it. And they're like, Fry, you coward. And then a bomb arrives and Bender throws himself on top of it, which very shocking stuff. Yeah, it's a strange move by Bender. Uh, very selfless. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, and this is when we move into MASH. So would you like to share your MASH feelings? <laughs> I've tried to watch Match. I, Mash. I haven't been able to like, you know, be a completionist, but you know, I think it used to be on Netflix. It might, it might still be. And there's a point where, you know, I was like a 24 year old living in Chicago with a couple of bros and we would throw on Mash at the end no. of the night. <laughs> Classic frat boy energy. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. But yeah, there are probably a lot of references in here that I didn't get. I guess the the first thing that I wasn't sure of is the like nurse or surgeon that is working with Zoidberg is like this Mm -hmm. weird jellyfish creature with like a very low cut top. And like that must be a reference to like the, you know, the sexy, the sexy surgeon on MASH or something. But I had no idea what that was. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't get that either. My dad was a big MASH guy and Mm -hmm. my high school boyfriend, his parents had like the DVD box set so they would sometimes put on MASH. But like that's about as much as I know is just catching it through people's parents, including my own. So yeah, (laughs) like Hawkeye definitely is something I'm aware of. Like I can picture it very clearly, but really just Hawkeye is the only one that stands out to me. That's that's about all I have to. Yeah. And that's about all I know as well. And that's also, a, it gets a bit of a bump for Henner having Alan Alda's voice. And so therefore, yes. like knowing knowing who Alan Alda is and like being aware of Hawkeye. <laughs> yes, agreed. But they're so Zoidberg's trying to make some jokes about being a surgeon. And you get the sense that he's going to be the Hawkeye. But then there's yeah. a character that is just, as you mentioned, iHawk. And he's yes. a robot <laughs> who has like a switch between irreverent and maudlin. <laughs> so <laughs> the irreverent switch is very like making lots of jokes. And then he switches it to the maudlin and he's just like, oh my god, this isn't a war. When, it's a murder. When will the killing end? <laughs> when will the killing end? Yeah. Yeah. The the example of like, this isn't a war, it's a murder. He does it in the maudlin voice. And then he switches to irreverent and goes like, this isn't a war, it's a murder. <laughs> Yeah, I'm interested in like how much MASH actually dealt with that. Like I know that characters die at some point. And so surely those episodes are very sad and somber and all that kind of stuff. You know, I know that the series finale, the like classic image of them like flying away from the camp, it's like, you know, bittersweet series finale. But I I do wonder in like the day to day of MASH, how often they go to somber. Yeah, I don't know. It's a good question. I feel like apparently Hawkeye has that gear. (laughs) Yeah. But yeah, they meant they are p- punishing Fry and they're like, he was wallowing in a pool of his own cowardice. And he's like, that wasn't cowardice. But he becomes Kiff's assistant and Kiff is clearly <laughs> using the abuse he's gotten from Zap to take it all out on Fry. Yeah, hurt people, hurt people. <laughs> yes, very much so. Yes. But at the same time, Bender is being given like a hero's welcome or whatever. And they're like, we're going to save him. And Nixon's like, he's got to be fixed like the 1960s. 60 something election or something like that yeah the jfk election yeah they bender like appears in a doorway in like a wheelchair and it's like Mm -hmm. this very dramatic moment of like bender being this this wounded veteran and it's just like bender is just like loving his wheelchair he's like oh check this out he's like standing up and walking around like (laughs) just spinning the wheels (laughs) yeah 
Yeah. And they're sending Bender on one last kind of diplomatic mission to go negotiate with the alien leaders, and he's going to go with Henry Kissinger. (laughs) (laughs) Henry Kissinger has also appeared on The Simpsons. (laughs) Where was he in The Simpsons? I don't remember that. Isn't he the one who drops his glasses in the toilet? Oh, of course. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and that's when Fry, or Fry Homer is wearing his glasses for the rest of the episode. Yeah, the, the isosceles triangle, yeah. Yes, exactly. Yeah, that's a right triangle. <laughs> uh, I, um, I liked uh, Kip has some good abuse of Fry here. Of He tells them to mix the mixed nuts. He can see two almonds touching each other. Yes, <laughs> yes. Yeah, and he also makes Fry remake Zap's drink because it doesn't have a tiny umbrella, which is what makes it a scotch on the rocks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so we overhear... Zap and Nixon talking about how there has is a bomb that's been implanted in Bender and it's going to be activated while he's in the meeting and the bomb will actually go off when he uses his favorite word, which after a long list ends up being <laughs> ass. Yeah, they do a like David Letterman top 10 style of Bender's mm-hmm. favorite words. I like that they they got me good with like number eight was up and then number seven was yours, which I, which I liked a lot. And then they kind of did the same joke for bite my shiny. What was number two? It was daffodil. Not yeah, bite my shiny daffodil ass. Yeah, yeah, bite my shiny metal daffodil ass. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so when they learn that that's the word for us, like oh my god, we have like no time. We have to go save Bender. And it cuts to the negotiations. And I know Jeremy always really liked the negotiations with the bouncing balls where they're like, we demand bouncing, followed by rolling, followed by rolling of a third type or something. Yeah. <laughs> that does seem like Jeremy humor. I They bring up rolling of the seventh type later on, too. I also thought that these were funny. I didn't know if this was like a reference to something or if the balls were just being weird and saying that, you know, yeah, there's yeah. many forms of rolling. They just like rolling and bouncing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and so Fry is planning to go beat up the guards and zap, and then Leela does it instead, and he's like, wait, that wasn't me. Who did that? And I actually did find it extremely funny when Leela's like, Fry, don't you recognize me? And Fry <laughs> kind of squints at her and goes, Hermes? <laughs> I, I also really like that. <laughs> That's his delivery. Hermes? That's yeah. so good. Yes, another good line back in the negotiations. First, he bounced three meters in the air. Then he bounced 1.8 meters <laughs> in the air. Then he bounced four meters in the air. Do I make myself clear? <laughs> Jeremy and I also used to quote that quite a bit, and it reminds me very much of the, like, first the math teachers, then the firemen, and so on in that order. <laughs> yes, and so on in that order. That's good. I, I'd written down that before we cut back to negotiations, that Lilo reveals herself to Zap, and this is where it gets, like, a little bit too homophobic to me, where he's, like, so incredibly relieved to have been attracted to Lila the entire time. Yeah, that that's where that's where it went a little bit like too. It was just a yeah, a little bit too much for me at that point. Yeah, agreed. And so Fry arrives and he's like, "Oh my God, Bender, don't say that word you like because you will blow this whole planet straight to the H word." And Henry Kissinger's like, son, you have a heart as brave as a hero and breath as fresh as a summer ham. (laughs) (laughs) I did not write down a single Henry Kissinger line in this episode. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And the final bouncing line that I know Jeremy liked, it was like, Bender's like, oh, I'm so sick of these balls and they're bouncing. (laughs) And then the ball's like, please, there's no need to bounce off the handle. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's good. uh, They also go into like, uh, testicle jokes quite heavily mm. towards the end here. Of uh, we've all seen too many body bags and ball sacks, and then wore over balls thoroughly licked. So that was like a that's, that's about as like raunchy as Futurama has gotten so far. I would agree. Yes, and, and like <laughs> I mean, yeah, they try to draw that quite a bit by being like those balls have a lot of 
chutzpah. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, so they basically are like, oh my God, don't let Bender explode. Like, you can have our home planet. And it turns out that actually the humans were the invading aliens and they have taken over the planet. There we go. Mission accomplished. Mission accomplished. And then back at Planet Express, they try to take the bomb out of Bender, but they're like, I don't know. It's like stuck in there with glue or something. So we can't. <laughs> I really down. like that. The professor just thwarted by glue. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so they're like, we changed the word. Like, you're still a huge risk, but we changed the word to something you almost never say. <laughs> And Bender's yes. trying to guess what it is. And they're like, oh, my God, stop trying to destroy the planet. And he's like, come on. And then he guesses that it is antiquing. Yeah, I'm sad that they revealed what it was. I, I was thinking that that could be like a great callback in, you know, 15 episodes where Bender randomly says a word and then explodes. That's a good call. I don't think this ever becomes anything. Well, I guess it's already exploded. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that's so that's the episode. Next week is season three, episode three, The Cryonic Woman. Any guesses about that? Okay, so the bionic woman is like there's gonna be a robot woman. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um but what is cryonic? Cryonic is that is that what Fry has fallen into? Is that a mm-hmm. cryonic chamber? Okay. Indeed. Yes. So maybe maybe there's like another Fry out there. Maybe there's a another woman from the nine from two thousand or nineteen ninety nine. And Fry meets her, and now he has to like wrestle with: Am I gonna date this woman, woman, or do I still like Leela and all that kind of stuff? Wow, I seem to remember that being pretty accurate, but we will see. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't do winners and losers this episode. The losers are the balls. Yes, the balls definitely <laughs> lost. Just they they have to surrender. Pretty brutal. Yes. Winner, I guess Nixon. <laughs> Nixon, Zap. I mean, Zap led a very successful war. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Good. All right. So yeah, those are all the things. How can people get in touch with us? Yeah. So write in explaining stocks and bonds to us. <laughs> and then do we have another thing? What was the other thing that we were wondering about? Uh, you just listen to the podcasts. You, yeah, you know, if you, you listen to this. Yeah. <laughs> you can write in at potoftomorrow at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at potoftomorrow. Yeah. And then follow Lindsay at her various podcasting pursuits. Yes. At Bojack Horsepod. We are talking about Tuga and Birdie. We are almost done season two already. Nice. How's Kirsten doing these days? She's good. She's sick. <laughs> but she's oh, good no. otherwise. <laughs> yep, yep. But yeah, I think that's everything. So join us next week for season three, episode three, The Cryonic Woman. Cool. See you later. <laughs>